Good morning, good Eru Shabbos. Hope you have a wonderful day. We dedicate today's class to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those who are on the front line. May all the wounded be healed and all the hostages be released. And Lili Nishmas, David Nachman, Rab Moshe, and Foshleimu Pedal Bas Miriam. We continue, we left off. The first uh, tractate of Nazik in the first chapter, Babakama, page 15a. And uh, we are the seventh line from the from the top, um, six at the end of the sixth line. Anoshim Bchal Nezek says in the Mishnah that women are included in the laws of damages. There's no difference between men and women, whether it's their property that damages other property or they are damaged. But their property is damaged. Like the says, not in the middle. Where do we know this from? That there's no difference between men and women when it comes to the laws of damages. The academy of Shmuel, they learn. Amakrat says in the puzzle clearly, Ish or Isha, Kiyasim Kolchatis. It says if a man or woman will um, will sin, and when it comes to sinning, the uh, the Torah equates men and women. There's no distinction. Only distinction in men and women is the positive mitzvah, time-bound mitzvah. That's some of the time-bound mitzvah. Women are exempt. But when it comes to the prohibitions, there's no distinction between men and women. So when it comes to damages, also there's no distinction between men and women. The Rabbi Loza Tanda, the Academy of Rabbi Loza, they learn, it says in the passing, opening, these are the laws which you should place before them. So, Hishvah Kosov, the Torah equated men and women to men, all the laws, to them in the plural, to all of them. Moshe addressed himself to the entire Jewish people, placed these laws before them, and all the laws of Mishpatim, all the laws of damages, Applies equally to every Jew, men and women. It says in the passage that if you gore, if your axe gored, and um, after killing already three times, been worn three times, and then the fourth time I went ahead and gored and killed a person. So you put to death, you stone the ox, and the owner has to pay kaifer, has to pay an atonement. So he says, if he kills a man or a woman, there's no difference, there's no distinction. That all the laws of if you kill someone, there's no difference in men and women. So we see the title doesn't make any distinction. So we learn from there that all damages is the same. So the Gemara says, Why do I need three, three psukim to teach me the same concept that men and women are treated equally when it comes to the laws of damages? Only, the title would only tell me the first The first Pasuk is talking about if a person swears falsely, denying money that he owes, and he has to bring a sacrifice. So there, the title has Rachmanus on her. 
just like the Torah wants her to have an atonement. So therefore, the Torah says men and women are equal. Avol dinin, when it comes to financial matters, laws, we can say, maybe a man who does business, that's his, uh, he does business, so therefore, all the laws of business applies to him. But a woman who's mostly at home, she's not doing business, and maybe all these laws don't apply to her. And if the Torah tell me by din and elam mishpatim shtasim lufneim that the Torah is telling us speak to them to all of them place these laws before all of them men and women equally I would say in order that she be able to make a living if she has to do business let's say she's a widow she doesn't have her husband can't support her so she's do business so she should be able to live so all the laws have to apply to her equally. <coughs> But by the sacrifice, if she stole and then she swore falsely that she didn't, then she comes clean. And she has to bring a sacrifice from Kapara. It's because of atonement. I'm, I'm sorry. Abali in Kapara is mitzvah in, since he's obligated in all mitzvahs, and maybe there the title requires from the man an atonement to bring a sacrifice. But a woman, she's not obligated in all the mitzvahs, she's exempt from the mitzvahs that are time-bound. Maybe she doesn't need the sacrifice. After the Torah has to teach me that uh, men and women are equal. And if you would only teach me these two, I would say, these two are the exceptions. In the case of she swears falsely and then she comes clean because the Torah wants to make sure she has an atonement. That's why the Torah obligates her equally to the man. She has to bring a sacrifice. Here by the laws, if she does commerce, all the laws of commerce, commercial laws should apply to her as well because she should be able to make a living. When it comes to uh, to capital punishment, I, it's, or, or when it comes to her, the axe killing, when it comes to the, your axe killing, killing uh, a man or a woman, I would say a person who's obligated to no mitzvahs. And now that your axe killed this person, this man, he won't be able to do all the mitzvahs. Therefore, Shalom Kefir, he has to pay an atonement. But but a woman who's not obligated to do mitzvahs. All mitzvahs, therefore, maybe the owner of the ox doesn't have to do an atonement. He didn't kill, he didn't murder, he just didn't take care of his ox. But maybe he doesn't need an atonement. That's what he has to teach me. No, that men and women are equal if your ox kills this woman after killing three times, and this is the fourth time. You also, the owner needs an atonement, has to pay an atonement. We ask me in and if you just let me know in the case of atonement, I would say even the Maybe here the title is strict because you you kill someone. You ask kill someone. We don't have friendship between men and women. But when it comes to the laws, financial laws, the laws of damages, the laws of tort. Or when it comes to uh, bringing a sacrifice, if it's swear falsely, the lucky in the shama, there's no loss of life involved. Aimalai, maybe the tide is not strict, and we don't uh, treat the woman the same as the man. That's why you need all these three verses. Okay. Then it says in the Mishnah, Anizik, Vamazik, Bitashlum. That both the damagee and the damager both 
both participate in the payment. What does that mean? We learn Palganiske, we have an argument. Palganiske, when I tell you to say that if your axe gores someone, you know, his intent is to damage gores or bites or pushes or kicks or um, lays down on the person just to harm them. So he says you have to pay the first three times, you have to pay a half a damage. So Papa Papa says, that really this is, this is, you have to pay for the damages. But since he had no warning, you weren't warned three times, so therefore we don't hold you responsible for the full damage, so we, we cut you a little slack. So we say only half. And therefore, since it's Mamayna, if you come clean before the witnesses come, you're still obligated to pay. If you come clean on damage that you've done, it's it's damage. It's not a penalty. If you come clean on the penalty, you don't have to pay anything. So half of the 50% that you have to pay, this is you're paying for the damage that you've done, but the Torah gives, gives you off 50%. So even if you come clean, you have to pay. Before witnesses come, argues and not Papa. He says no, It's a penalty. Really, you shouldn't pay anything because you weren't warned. Who can expect your animal should go gore? It's not normal. The animal is, is, is such a bully and is just just intentional, just intending to harm. So therefore, you can't hold the owner responsible at all. So really, you should pay nothing. But the Torah says we're punishing him, so you should be careful. So he has to pay half. So therefore, since it's a penalty, if he comes clean, he doesn't pay anything. So you might explain. What's the rationale? What's the behind their argument? He says, in general, oxen by nature, oxen by nature are not um, are not protected. Are not uh, you can't take it for granted that they're not going to gore. They have a tendency, you know. An animal is an animal, so an animal has a tendency to do animalistic things and even to gore. So therefore, since the the owners have to anticipate, maybe there's a possibility for them to gore. Ubedin, or really the boy Really, you should pay full damage, hundred percent of the damage. the merciful one, Hashem had had mercy, and said, "No, you know what? Let's cut him some slack. Only fifty percent. Why? Because the was never warned. So he's like responsible and not responsible, like semi-responsible. So therefore, it's only fifty percent." But it, but but yeah, you definitely have to pay for the damage you you held responsible. The owner is not expected to anticipate that the axe will go and gore. It's not normal. An axe is an axe. Yes, an axe is an animal. An animal is an animal. Animal wants to eat and it walks and tramples without any sensitivity. But to intend to harm, he's not a bull in a pen. He's a, he's a, he's an animal. So so therefore, the owner you can't hold the owner responsible at all. Ubedin who really abedin the boyulishulubedin really shouldn't pay anything. The owner shouldn't pay anything. He shouldn't be held responsible at all. Rachman of the kans and the merciful one Hashem punished. Him. 
Because you have to, even if you, you don't anticipate, it's your axe, you have to keep an eye on your axe. So to warn him, to make sure that he keeps an eye on the axe, we say, you know what, you have to pay him. Therefore, if he comes clean, since it's a penalty, you don't, before witnesses come, you don't have to pay any. We learn our Mishnah Nizik Mazik with Hashlum in both the damagee and the damager both participate in the payment. So according to that Papu says that half a damage is 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 financial, is money, it's not a penalty, That's what it means that both participate in the payment. That the and it's a tashlumin, a payment. The payment for damages. So the the owner of the ox damage did the damage has to pay fifty percent. Really, the damagee should get a hundred percent, but the damagee is participating with taking off fifty percent. So they're both participating in the payment. He also pays. He's paying the fifty percent that he's not getting. Elman Damar, according to Rav Huna, the son of Rabbi Yeshua, who says the Palganiski cannot that it's a penalty. Hash the Lavidei Shoko. Since really the damage should get nothing. The damager doesn't owe him a penny. It, he sh- can't be held responsible. He had no reason to anticipate that his axe or his animal would go and gore. It's only a penalty, a punishment that we punish the, the, the damager, the owner. So therefore, with Tashlumanisi. How can you say that he's participating in the payment? What do you mean participating in the payment? He's not participating in the payment. He's not paying anything. He's not losing anything. On the contrary, everything that he's getting, the 50% that he's getting is all gain. He shouldn't even, he's not even entitled for that. So what do you mean they both participate in the payment? According to Rav Huna, the son of Rabbi Shur. But it says, you don't need this, only in the case, you know what the Mishnah means, according to the In the case where the carcass decreased in value between the time of the damage, when, he, when, when, when the, the axe was ki- when the animal was killed, and when, the, when you came to court, when, it, when the trial, and the trial. So really, the law states that really the the damager only pays half, half of what? You have to minus, you have to deduct the value of the carcass, how much it was worth at the time when the animal died, not how much it's worth now when it depreciated in value. So then it was worth a lot more. So you would you would take the worth the worth of the animal, the value of the animal when it was alive, minus the value of the carcass when it was gored and killed, and the owner of the axe that gored has to pay half, half of that. That half of that difference. Then by the time you come to court, the carcass diminished a lot more. So right now he's not getting half. He's getting less because the carcass that's handed to him at the time of the court case is is decreased in value, and all that de- decrease in value is on the expense of the damagee. So he's still he's only getting half of what it was worth from the time when 
of the the, the uh, when you evaluate the carcass at the time of the death of the animal. So he's not getting half of that. He's getting he's getting he's getting less. And and if you would make up, and he gets the carcass, but here the carcass decreased in value, and it comes out of his pocket. So he's getting less. That's what it means. He's participating in the payment. Because he could have said, for his benefit, it would have been to, his, to say, the benefit of the damage, it would have been better to say, let's evaluate the carcass, what it's worth now, during the trial, which it diminished in value. Every day that passes, it decreases in value. And, you know, and you pay half of the value of a full, a live animal and the carcass, what it's worth now. So you would be getting a lot, a larger payment. But you're evaluating what the carcass was worth when it was fresh, when it was just killed, which fetched a lot more money in the market. So he's getting half, he's getting a, a lesser payment. So he's participating in the payment. He's losing out also. The <clears throat> mother says, He already learned that earlier. It says in the previous submission, we already learned about Pchas Nevela. It says over there, and, and the explanation was, that the owners, it's their responsibility to immediately fetch the carcass and sell it and, and get the most value of the carcass. And if you just left it there to rot, and then it diminished the value by the time, by the time of the court case, it's their loss. So you, why does he have to learn it again? Why does he have to teach me again in this Mishnah that both the damager and the damagee participate in the payment? So you might answer, you need both. One Mishnah is coming to teach me One is coming to teach me in the case of an ox, a cord, and is only paying half. The first three times. And one Mishnah is coming to teach me when he pays the full, full value. But he pays the full value minus the carcass. And we say that we minus the carcass, the value of the carcass, the value that it was worth at the time of the death. Why do I need both? Why would I think any, the law is any different? In the case of Tam and Modi, Ashmin, if you just let me know, in the case of Tam... I would say, dear, the title is lenient on the damager, because he's a tam. He was never warned. So therefore, we go easy on him. The title is lenient. We go easy on him. You know what? The carcass is evaluated at the time of the death, which is worth a lot more. And you only pay the difference, half of the difference. Ah, well, but he was already warned three times. Already the fourth time, his ox is gory. He's not watching his ox. Maybe we should go hard on him. I would say, let's evaluate the carcass. Let's make it, let's interpret it to the advantage of the damagee, to the detriment of the damager. Let's evaluate what the carcass is worth at the time of the trial, which is worth a lot less, it's diminished, and, and then you have to pay the full difference. So that's why he has to teach me, no. And even in the case of Mu'ad, we evaluate the carcass at the time of death. And if you just let me know, I would say, 
since he's paying the full damage, that's why we go easy on him. He's paying the full damage. So therefore, let's minus the duck, the carcass, what it was worth at the time when the animal died. Avul tam, but a tam. The first three times, since he only pays half a damage, maybe we should we should be a little tough. We should we should let's err on the side of the of the damagee. Let's evaluate the carcass what it's worth at the time of the trial. So he ends up paying half more. That's why he has to teach me in both cases. Tashma, I'll bring you a proof that uh, the Papa is right. That Palgan is my mind. We learn in the Mishnah later on. What's the difference in Tam and Amur? The first three times the animal gores. And after he's warned three times, the Tam pays half, only half. And the maximum that he pays is only Megufi, the value of the animal that gored. The owner is not responsible to pay for many of his other possessions. He's been warned three times, and the fourth time he has to pay, the owner has to pay full damage. You don't, it's not limited to the value of the ox who gored. It's, you have to pay from your property and the best property that you own. Okay, that's the mission. So what do we see from there? Misa, if you're going to say that a palganisk is a kanas, a half a half a kanas, like Abhuna, like Abhuna and the son of Rabbi Yeshua says, if that's the case, listen to Amiha. There's a third distinction. He's, he's listing the differences between Tam and Mu'ad. He gave us two differences. That the Tam pays half and the Mu'ad pays full and the Tam pays only the maximum is the value of the ox that gourd versus a mood, you have to pay your whole estate, your whole property is obligated to pay and with the best of your property. He should third, list the third difference. That the tam in the Mishalom you don't pay, if you come clean, if you admit, you're, you're, you're exempt, you don't have to pay anything. You don't get, it's a penalty, it's only a penalty because if you're not, you don't come clean, the witnesses come and testify against you. But if you come clean and you admit that you did something wrong, you're scot-free. Versus Mu'ad, Mashalam Apiyatsam. If you come and you say that my axe has been worn three times and he gored someone a fourth time, well, you have to pay the full price because you're not admitting to a penalty. It's not penalty. You're liable for the damages. So you should have listed a, four, a third difference. According to me, according to, this proves, Rapapa, Rapapa, that it's not, even the half half is really... A payment, it's not a penalty. And if you come clean, you're not exempt. Just like if you come clean with the with the full, with the with the, with the mood. So he can't list that distinction because there is no distinction. So your mother says, No, that's not a proof. I'll tell you a ton of a The mission is not giving us an exhaustive list, it's just giving us examples. Your mother says, My shy you don't just leave over one thing. If you list everything except for one thing, it makes no sense. So it has to be at least two things that you're leaving out. So then you can tell me it's not an exhaustive list. You're just giving us an example, two examples. What else does he leave out? The difference between the Tam and the Mu'ad. Mu'ad says, There's another distinction. That that the uh, if, if a Mu'ad kills a person, you have to pay the full Kaifer. Versus a Tam... A tam who kills someone doesn't pay any kaifa. You don't even have to pay even half a kaifa. You don't say you have to pay half. Half or whatever you would pay if you were wood. You don't pay anything. There's no kaifa. You put the animal to death. You stone the animal. You don't, you don't, the owner doesn't have to pay any kaifa. 
The mother says, he, the mother pushes off this answer. He, Mishum, Chatsi Kaifer, Lav Shiuru. That's not, that's not considered, he, he didn't list, he left it out. Why? Because a man, but he's like, Lily, the Amantam Shalom Chatsi Kaifer. Who is the Mishnah? Our Mishnah is Abi Yisrael Who is the author of the Mishnah? It's Abi Yisrael Who holds that a Tam does pay half a kaif. So they both pay kaif. So he doesn't have to list it separately because he already said that Tam pays half. Whatever the Mu'ad pays, the Mu'ad pays in full, he pays half. So the Mu'ad pays a full kaifer. If your animal kills someone for the fourth time, he has to pay a full kaifer. The first three times, he has to pay half a kaifer. So you already listed it. So there, so he's not leaving out anything else. In other words, really, he's answering according to... So it's not a question of Rabbi Shua. He'll say that the mission has not followed Rabbi Yisrael that he's, he's leaving out two things. He's not giving us an exhaustive list. He, he listed two things that distinguish the time and the mood, and he's leaving out two things. Mishnah follows the majority opinion that the first three times don't pay anything. But the questions, according to, according to the Papa who's bringing a proof from our Mishnah, that you have to say that there is that it is an exhaustive list, and therefore there is no other distinction. There is no distinction between the tam and the mud, no other distinction besides these two, the tam and the mud. It doesn't matter if you come clean, in both cases you have to pay because it's not a penalty, it's uh, you're paying for the damage. So if that's the case, the question remains, what do you mean? He's leaving out one thing. And if you're giving an exhaustive list, it doesn't make sense just to leave out one thing. What is he leaving out? Kaifer. He should have said the difference in kaifer and not kaifer. A tam, you don't pay kaifer at all. And a mood, you pay kaifer. So that's what he's saying. Rabbi, Rabbi, Papa will tell you. Papa will answer you and tell you this Mishnah follows Rabbi Yisrael And according to Rabbi Yisrael there is no distinction. It's not a distinction. Because he holds you do pay half a kaifer. And he already said the difference. Time you pay half, whatever the mood pays in whole, time you pay half. The okay. says, Toshma, I'll bring you another proof that our papa is correct. We learn. And we continue on side B, 15B. We learn the mission in Ksuvis. We already learned this. And hey, Miss Shady, if a person comes to court and he comes clean and he says, My axe killed someone. Oh, you traded your plane, you killed uh, gourd, killed the ox of someone else. My friend's ox. He's a Mishalom. You do have to pay. You have to pay the kaifer for the death of the person. And also, you have to pay the damage for the, for, for killing, for your ox killing the other person's ox. Oh, my love, surely we're talking about betam. Surely the Mishnah means a tam. So even though he's coming clean. He's obligated to pay, so we see it's not a penalty. The papa's correct. You're paying for the damage. He wants a loyber mood. No, I'll tell you. Ravuna Bereshu will tell you. The mission is talking about a mood. A mood. Everyone agrees that it's a, it's not a penalty. You're paying for the damage. But Tam, what's going to be the door by Tam? Hachinami. You're going to say that a Tam, according to Ravuna Bereshu, you don't pay if you come clean. It's a class, a penalty. If you admit it on a penalty, you're exempt. If that's the case, ah, the Tanu B'Sefer, why does he say at the end of that mission? And if he says, hey, Mishadius, Avdishoplani, that my axe gourd, 
the slave of someone else's non-Jewish Canaanite slave. So we say, Ein Meshalem, you don't have to pay up a You don't have to pay the 30. There's a fixed penalty. If your axe kills someone else's Canaanite slave, you have to pay a fixed penalty of 30. 30 silver. So there, since it's a fixed penalty, it's a knas and a penalty. If you come clean, you don't have to pay. It's only you don't come clean. A witness has come and testify, then then we, we penalize you. So if he says he's making a distinction, there are times when the penalty is a, when it's a penalty, and then if you come clean, you you don't have to pay. Versus if it's not a penalty, then you do have to pay. So lifli listen to the You should have made a distinction within the previous case itself. When do we say that if you come clean, you say your animal gored another animal? Then you have to pay. But if it's the first three times when you're just paying half and it's just a penalty, and if you come clean, you don't have to pay. Why does he have to find another case where your animal gores and kills a Canaanite slave and under a slave? The case that you brought, you should make that distinction within that case itself. There's a distinction between the Tam and the Mu'ad. And in the Mu'ad, you come clean, you have to pay. And the Tam, you come clean, you don't have to pay. So you might answer, the mission is talking about Mu'ad, we're not talking about Tam. Talking about an animal that's already used to goring. It's been worn three times, already the fourth time. So within Mu'ad, he has to make a distinction. So within Mu'ad, the only distinction he can make is, he gives an example, if your axe killed killed a, a Canaanite... Canaanite... But it tries to bring another proof. That pup is right. The Palganiscus Mamoina, it's a payment, not a penalty. Toshma, I'll bring you a proof. We learned the end of that mission in This is the rule. If you pay more than the damage, then you know it's a penalty. Then you don't pay if you come clean. My love, surely. If you pay less, only if you pay more. But if you pay less, then it's not a penalty. Then it's you're paying the damage. Then you do pay if, even if you come clean. It's only when your tater penalizes you more. Like if you steal, the thief has to pay double four or five times if he then slaughters it or sells it. But but if you uh, if you do damage and you only pay half, then it's not a penalty. It's it's a financial damage, and then if you come clean, you are obligated to pay. This proves our papa's the mother says loy. No, how can He's only coming to exclude if you pay the exact damage. If you pay more, but he also means any in other words, anything as long as it's not the exact damage. It could be more, it could be less. He just says more, but it's the same thing as if it's less. If you're paying exactly the damage, then you know you're paying for the damage. It's not a penalty, and then if you come clean, you're obligated. But Why does he have to say if you pay more? He should have said anything that you don't pay exactly the damage, and that would mean both. Pay more or less. Why does he always specify if you pay more? If he means to say if you don't pay, if you don't pay the exact damage, so he, just, he should have said exactly that. If you, anything you don't pay the exact damage, then you know it's a penalty, whether you pay more or you pay half or less.
So the Gemara says, it really is, it really is a question. It's difficult in Avchun Abedir See, it would seem clear from the Mishnah that only if it's more, if you come clean, you're, 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 you're exempt because it's a penalty. But if you pay less, it's, it's, uh, it's not a penalty. You're paying for the damages. And really, you should pay everything, but the tighter goes easy in you and say, you know what? We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, only gonna obligate you to half. And therefore, if you come clean, you're obligated. But the Gemara says, but nevertheless, the law follows that it is a kanas, it is a penalty if you come clean. The Gemara says, you just said that it's refuted. It's a strong refutation. You bring, the Mishnah states clearly that if it's less, then it's it's money, it's not a penalty. And then you're saying, but the law follows it is a penalty. The Gemara answers in, yes, because time, it might have a Tiyufta, the, the, your, the whole proof is because really we can answer when he says it doesn't mean there is no answer there is an answer it's a question it's a good question it's a s- strong question but we have an answer because you can say your point is because the Mishnah doesn't say if you pay you don't pay exactly the value of the damage and you know it's a penalty which would include both if you pay more or you pay less but I'll tell you I'll explain to you why it doesn't say that and he says if you pay more then you know it's a penalty because lepsikale you can't say that every time you pay less, any time you pay more, you can say for certain that it's a penalty. You can't say across the board, any time, definitively, any time you pay less than the damage, you know it's a penalty. It's not true. Yes, if the animal gores and you pay half, it is a penalty. But there's another scenario, another case, where you pay half and, and it's a payment. Even the you have a case of chatzinezek, sedatus. When your animal walks and kicks up a stone, and the stone goes flying and does damage. So in that case, it's an offshoot of regal, and the owner is liable to pay, and it's not a penalty. But the Torah says, you only pay half. Really, you should pay all. The Torah says, since it came from Koich, it was indirect, so you only pay half. But if you come clean, you're obligated to pay. It's a payment, so you can't say across the board anything. You can't say anything, black and white, at any time you don't pay the exact payment, the value of the damage, you know it's a penalty. It's not true. I can only say that for certain, 100% of the time, if you pay more than the damage. But when you pay less, it's true, the case of Keren, it is a penalty, and that's the halacha. But there is a case, in the case of Tzoraitis, of Regal, where it's not a penalty. That's why he doesn't learn. Okay, now the Gemara says, so here the Gemara is going to say, now that you say, now that we establish the law, so there's, 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 there's more distinctions. Besides the distinction we said, whether you hold it's, a, it's money, financial, or whether you hold it's a penalty, that if you come clean, whether you're liable to pay or not, there's, there's more distinctions. If your dog ate sheep, and it's not the way, it's not normal for a dog to eat sheep. Or a cat ate the, the, the hen or the chicken. So it's an offshoot of cat, and it's not normal. You can't expect the owner to expect to watch his dog not to eat sheep. The dogs don't eat sheep. And then the cats don't eat the chickens or roosters or hens. 
in Babylonia, the rabbis, the judges, cannot collect this. Why? Because in order to collect, it's a penalty. In order to collect a penalty, you have to be a judge and ask smicha all the way from Tamayshir Rabbeinu. The judges in Bavel and Babylonia don't have the smicha, so they can't charge someone a penalty. And that's only if you're talking about big sheep or big chickens. If they're small, it is normal for a cat to attack a chicken or the or the if it's small, if it's a chick, or um, for the uh, the dogs, if it's a small little sheep. So therefore, it's if he started eating it, then that's like an offshoot of shame. He's eating it for his pleasure, for his benefit. And if you have to pay the full, and the judges could could demand it. So that's another distinction. That kanas can't be collected by the judges today who don't have smicha, cannot adjudicate the kanas penalty. They could adjudicate things that are a financial loss. That's another distinction. Another distinction. He says, but he says another thing is itafas. What if the damage goes and grabs movable items from the from the damagers property? We don't we don't remove it from them. In other words, even though we don't the judges will not collect and not you know sentence in, um such cases, but if you go ahead and he collects the fifty percent and he grabs it, we don't we don't take it away from him. And even if the damage he doesn't grab it, if he says, a lot of these all, if he sells the damage, come, let's set up a time, we're going to travel to Israel. There, the courts and the judges do have the power to impose these penalties because they do have smicha going back, ordination goes all the way back to Meishar Rabbeinu. So, then the court says, yeah, you must go with it. If the damager refuses to go, we excommunicate. Whether he asked, demands that the damager should go with him to a court that does have the authority to impose penalties. Either way or not, either way, the court will warn who warn the owner that he has to get rid of that uh, cat or that dog. Kill him. Get rid of it. Put him to sleep. And if not, we excommunicate him until he removes this damage. Because otherwise he's going to keep a dog that's going to do damage and we can't do anything to him because we don't have the authority to to uh, penalize him. So you can't keep an obstacle in your house that's causing damage to other people. And if you don't listen and you keep this wild animal, wild dog, and wild cat around, we're going to punish you. We're going to excommunicate you. We learned this from Rabnas. This did that you have to make sure, you have to tell them to get rid of this, of this wild cat and dog. We learned this from Rabnas and Tanya. We learned Rabnas and Rabnas and Rabnas. How do we know the person is not allowed to raise a wild dog, a dangerous dog in his house? Well, yeah, and he can't keep a rickety ladder in his house because it's it's dangerous. It could lead to danger to other people. Someone will climb the ladder and it'll break his head 
or the dog will go and bite and then uh, hurt someone. Talmud Leiman says, they saw some tumbesech. You have to make sure not to cause bloodshed in your house. <clears throat> it should have said you shouldn't put bloodshed in your, in your roof. It say it's because over there it's talking about that you have to create a fence in the roof. You create a fence and no one should fall over, fall down. But it says don't don't allow, don't shed blood in your house. It's coming to teach me any anything in your house that can lead to damage or to danger to someone else, you have an obligation to remove it. Okay. Okay, that's the Gemara. The next mission. There are five tamin, there are five animals who are not inclined to do damage, and if you only pay half, and there are five more, there are five damages where the animal is expected to do this damage. And therefore, therefore, the owner has to pay the full damage. What are the five? An animal is not liable to, to gore. Push, you know, with the intention to hurt, to bite, not the intention to eat, to enjoy, just to bite and to hurt, to lie down, to, to smash and to destroy, and not to kick. And then you have the five more, an animal is to be expected to eat, it's going to eat whatever is in front of it, whatever it finds. So that damage is expected, and the owner is responsible. Animal walks, being an animal, walks and it tramples. It's going to just trample, like a bull in a china shop. It's just going to trample on things without even knowing. It's going to lead to damage, so it's to be expected. After the animal did these other five things, gored or bit, after being worn three times, after that, the fourth time, he's already, he's already, we know, it's to be expected. And then if he by gores or bites, etc., he's the owner is fully fully responsible. If he's goring, but he's goring, he enters your ox entered into the private property of the damage, and then he gored the ox. <laughs> you have to pay full. Because who gave you permission to go into the other person's field? But Adam, and a person that does damage always is obligated for full, fully. And then the Mishnah adds, besides these five that he listed, Hazev, a wolf, Badi and a lion, Hadev and a bear, Hanaman and a leopard. Badalus, like the family of cats, of leopards. Maybe it's a cougar. We'll discuss what a Badalus is, Vanachas and a snake, and Elamuad. The damage you expected, even if it's a pet and you and you uh, domesticated it, there's no such thing. A wild animal will remain wild, and all damages is to be is, is to be expected, and therefore the owner is 100 percent liable. says, if you train them, like for the circus, you train these wild animals to be, you tame them, The first three times, they're not the muad because you tame them, you train them. But a snake is always. You can't tame a snake. You can't make peace with snakes. They will always come and bite you. That's the argument. The rabbis say no. 
That's the mission. Something more. Melikhtoni Hashem. Where does Lechel? Meklal. What's on this? Asking when he says when he says that the shein is a mood. It's always to be expected that a shein will eat, and the owner is liable. We must be talking about if your animal wanders into the field of the, the courtyard of your, the damagee, he has no right to be there, and therefore the owner is responsible if he eats the food. Or damage it. The we learned and then you, the equivalent case. You're talking about the equivalent case. You're comparing apples to apples. The equivalent case of your animal gores. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to pay full. You have to pay half. Even though your 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 animal entered into the courtyard of your friend without permission. You only pay half if you go. Man, whose opinion is this Rabbanan? His opinion of the Rabbi is the Amri Mishunah Keren, who say, oh, the Keren is different. Bechatzar Nizik, that the Chatzin Nizik of the Mashalim, you only have to pay half. It's an argument. Whether you have to pay half, or since you went into your friend's field without permission, you would have to pay full. Safer, say the end of the mission. The end of the mission says clearly, that if the shayr, the tam, is, does the damage in the property of the damagee, he goes into it without permission, even if he gores, he has to pay full price. So that's the opinion of Reb is different. The animal is acting strange, unexpected, but nevertheless, if he goes without permission to his friend's field, the owner has to pay everything full damage. So the beginning of the mission is following the rabbis, and the end is Rabtarfin. The mother says, In yes. They call him the sharp one. Stop trying to reconcile the Mishnah. Follow me. It's very possible. The beginning of the Mishnah, he's following the opinion of the rabbis, and the end of the Mishnah, he's switching and he's following the opinion of Rab Continue tomorrow. The Gemara will give another explanation, trying to reconcile that the Mishnah is consistent with one opinion. Everyone have a wonderful Shabbat.